Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. I'm Snoke. I'm not dead. Welcome. I got a good one for the next one, too. Okay. I think. All right. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Erica Hoagland. So thank you, Erica. Thank Erica. you. Thank you. Okay. Today we will be starting a new book. What? Huh? Yes. Guys, welcome to Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. The Hot Cup of Fire. The, the hot, hot Cup, cup of, of Fire. And we are discussing Itch. chapter one, <laughs> The Riddle House. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to dive into some details. And before we begin, Sarah has things to say, and so does Megan. You would say that it could be a puzzler of a house. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Guys, my weekly profit this week is pretty straightforward. Oh, yeah. Yes. So um, I put something in here that we should have discussed before we started recording, and I forgot until just now. But... Okay. Grime, crimes of Grime. 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 <laughs> the Grime. Uh, Rick Grimes is coming to Fantastic Beast. No, I'm kidding. Crimes of Grindelwald is officially out for everyone as of this episode airing. So go see it. Yay. By the time you listen, Megan and Katie will have seen it three times. Four. Oh, how, how, when are you? Well, we're seeing it on Sunday again. Here we go. So I guess technically, depending on when they're listening, we could have seen it four times. True. Oh my How God. many times do you plan on going? Seven. Oh, no, a lot. Probably. What is wrong with this bell? It's not the bell. It's not a good way to start out a book, Katie. There we go. I got to really hit it. So you trade? also, um, <laughs> I wanted to let everybody know as well that we are, we being Katie, myself and Sarah are going to be in New York this coming Saturday, November 24th, for a meetup and to see the History of Magic exhibit. Um, we haven't exactly picked where we're going to meet before we go to the History of Magic exhibit. However, if you go onto our Facebook, um, we have an event set up and we'll update it there. Also, wow, sorry, that was really weird. If you aren't, because we do have listeners that don't do anything with really any of the social medias, and you're going to be there, just send us an email. And we'll um, let you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
So if you can't get a hold because of us we don't, way. Yeah, otherwise I would have put it in here, but we don't yeah. know exactly where we're going to meet up yet. So, And we honestly might not know until like the day before. And right. I will uh, be here. <laughs> Tiffany will be, will be with us I gotta in spirit. I got to stay with the little Miss Woos. I'm not ready yet, guys. That's why I'm not going. But I'll be okay. there in the form of a cutout. <laughs> you keep saying that. And it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. We'll see. It's going to happen. All right. Well, this one's pretty simple. Let's go to the r- 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 recap. It's the best recap. Are you ready? I'm ready. Last time was our book to movie comparison for Prisoner of Azkaban. I don't know what that is. I've well, never heard of Azkaban. It's Azkaban. Azkaban. Thank you. Excuse me. <laughs> well, it was right. a hoot, as Sarah said. Oh, wow. <laughs> Remind me. I want more merch. I need more Swiss swag. Swiss swag. All right. So we're going to the summary of the first chapter. Give of me the hot- the- Cup of fire. Summary. I also need to move my mic because I can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about the Riddle House and not the Ravenclaw one. Uh, so inside the house, some year. What? Are you laughing at me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost can't read my contacts. are all messed up. So inside the house, some years in the past, the family died quite mysteriously. And the gardener, Frank, is blamed, but there's no evidence to convict him. So years later, Frank the gardener still lives and works at the house, even though it remains empty. But not this night. Someone is broken in, and Frank goes and investigates. He hears some interesting and confusing things. He sees a scary snake, and the last thing before he is killed, he sees something truly terrifying. What could it be? Mm, I don't know. Don't know. Oh, man, I've read some chapters. We we don't even get a description. No, not yet. Dude. Can we (sighs) talk about something, though? It probably looks just like... The baby Voldy. Well, there is from King's Cross again. Um, there is um, a good, also creepy and kind of gross picture in uh-huh. the Art of Harry Potter yeah. that they drew, like concept art. I don't have that book. That's the really expensive Correct. one. Okay, that's a big one. Um, okay, of a little baby Voldy in Nagini, and it's just. Is that the one where he's like nursing? Yes. Blah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) All right, guys. So let's go. Um, A little bit of a backstory. So it's been many years since the Riddles had owned this particular house in their last house. But yet the villagers still refer to it as, quote, the Riddle House. It's not been kept up. Um, Windows are boarded. Tiles are missing. Ivy is growing. But you could still tell that the house used to be majestic looking and proud. And I kind of wanted to pull this to something personal for me. When I read this this time, it reminds me of what in my hometown we call the Curtis Mansion. It's this huge house. And... It had multiple owners, but nobody kept it. Everybody said it was haunted. Um, But it is just absolutely stunning. And it's actually um, one of the stops from the Underground Railroad. Mm. Mm -hmm. I know. Really, really cool. And it just reminded me of this because it's exactly like the same thing. People always talk about it. People talk about how they think it's haunted. And you can tell that in its prime, it was like the house. Go ahead. So I didn't read your notes when I was doing mine, but I put <clears throat> in my section saying, like, did anybody have a house like this oh, okay. in their mm. oh, neat. town? Because 
Yes. We didn't have like a, right. <laughs> we didn't have like one that was like, oh, it's like this mansion. But like there was mm-hmm. this one house on our street that everybody was like, oh, it's haunted. We never see the owners. Like it's this creepy house. Yeah. Like nobody ever broke into it or anything like they do in this. But right. Yeah, we had a house like that where it was like the owners just were never around. Like you never saw them. So it was just like, oh, is it actually just ghosts that live in that house? And <laughs> sorry. Um, and I do want to point out, I didn't put this in my notes, but I wanted to point out that this is the first book where she doesn't start with mm-hmm. the Harry yeah. recap, right? Yeah. The what? The Harry r- 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 recap. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean what? <laughs> um it starts totally different. And yeah. that, to me, sets the tone for the change mm-hmm. in the series. Mm-hmm. I know? like that. I like that a yeah. lot. Yeah. yeah. I'm into that. Okay. Um, so the house... Ha- oh, go ahead. Well, <laughs> I like also that, um, right? You Like, she starts off like Voldemort's back. Yeah. Like, you don't... Yeah. There's no questioning. Cr- yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know right away, he's back. Like, this book is serious. Is it? I thought that was the last one. <laughs> but true like it's just it's it sets the tone i like Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. i like it a lot i just hiccuped okay so i have to start this out by saying i hated this chapter from every single no okay i like it now but like every time when i was younger and i read this chapter and then i would go back and reread the series i would always skip this chapter because I just hated reading it because I didn't like how it didn't start with Harry. Oh my gosh. I wanted to get to Harry. So like very picky. I am. However, you said I like how she starts out with starting that it's Voldemort and he's back. The first time I read this though, like you don't know if this is real. You know, because like then all of a sudden the the start of the next chapter you realize that Harry dreamed it. So Mm -hmm. you're like, hold on. Did this really happen or didn't it happen? Yeah. And it's kind of confusing. And I like that she does that, too. So I have questions about that. Or do you want me to save it to the end? Save it for the lightning. Okay. Do you well, remember them? I'm going to write them. I've got a doc open already. Type them down. I guess we should say. Okay. So this house had all the makings of, like, a muggle haunted house. Um the villagers referred to it as, quote, creepy because of something that had happened there half a century ago. Something strange and something horrible. And the event was still talked about in the village when gossip was scarce. And I said, this is like all the perfect makings mm-hmm. of a ghost story. Mm-hmm. And just like any story that um, is old and told over and over again, the story, you know, evolves over the years. And so the whole truth isn't really known by any of the villagers anymore. Um, it's like telephone. And we, mm-hmm. yeah, and we we know almost everything to do with that day because right. of seven. Right. But still, you know, it is a game of telephone. Um, but every version of the story starts out the same. So I wanted to read that from chapter because I don't want to take it apart and summarize it because it's really good. <laughs> Okay. I'm just playing. Okay. 50 years before, at daybreak on a fine summer's morning, when the Riddle House had still been well-kept and impressive, a maid had entered the drawing room to find all three riddles dead. Here you go. (laughs) The maid had run screaming down the hill into the village and roused as many people as she could. 
lying there with their eyes wide open, cold as ice, still in their dinner things. The police were summoned, and the whole of Little Hangleton had seethed with shock, curiosity, and ill-disguised excitement. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder if this is one of those like sleepy little towns that nothing really ever happens to. So as much as it's terrifying, it's also <laughs> so. eat up the drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they like that. Yeah. Well, do you think they also hated the riddle? That's what I was yeah. also thinking. Yeah. Probably better than or like other people jealous because they got money. Possibly, honey. Yeah. Um, nobody wasted their breath pretending to feel very sad to hear about the riddles, for they had been most unpopular. So I think that whole I'm better than you kind of thing mm-hmm. really plays through. Because you know what? Voldy does it too. And he gets it from his papa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. I was just going to say, like, Tom Riddle Sr., um, like, he's a muggle and he's kind of du- he's duped into this relationship with Marope. But... He really is not a nice person. Mm-mm. Like she falls in love with somebody who really is super arrogant. He acts as if somebody he acts as if he's somebody who was raised with money, um, like the bad way, you know? Mm-hmm. And very full of himself. And I think that sometimes people uh feel sorry for him whenever they like hear the story of like how Marope gave him a love potion and like you almost want to feel bad for him, like, oh, you know, she totally messed up your life, but at the same time, like he kind of had it coming. Like he was just a jerk. I don't think either of them are. Neither of them are nice people. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think they're wonderful. You are all great. You would. <laughs> um, elderly Mister and Missus Riddle had been rich, snobbish, and rude, and their grown-up son Tom had been, if anything, worse. All the villagers cared about was the identity of their murderer. For plainly, three. Apparently healthy people did not all drop dead of natural causes in the same night. The hanged man pub in the village um, did a roaring trade that night. The whole village seemed to have turned out to discuss the murders. They were rewarded for leaving their firesides when the riddles cook arrived dramatically in their midst and announced to the suddenly silent pub that a man called Frank Bryce had just been arrested. So... I can just see this pub and it kind of reminds me of when Maurice runs into the pub in Beauty and the Beast and they all like stop. Yeah. Um, So Frank Bryce was the gardener of the Riddle family for the Riddle family rather. And he lived on the grounds in a rundown cottage. Frank has a stiff leg from the war, a dislike for crowds and loud noises. So um, I was talking to Sarah about this and I was thinking, I was like, okay, which war? And I was thinking World War One, and then I also thought, are we going to see Frank Bryce and Fantastic Beasts working with wizards? Oh Ooh, man, that's a good thought. I would love that it. That would be an awesome tie-in. Even if someone like you just well, heard his what, name. What if you just hear, hey uh, Bryce or hey yeah. Frank or yes. something like that? Oh, yeah, man. it would and be you know a what? really good nugget to put in yes. there. Really oh, subtle. Yeah. Ooh, I like. I got I like it a lot. I yeah. really wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't be either. But that's also something like not everyone's going to remember. Yep. Yes. So like it's going to go over a lot of people's heads and a lot of people are going to mm-hmm. be like, yes. Yeah. And then the dislike for crowds and loud noises made me also wonder if he has PTSD mm. from fighting in the war. I'm sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So. Because uh, everyone even, sorry, everyone even says, no, you're you know, Frank had a tough war. So yeah. you know he's been through some stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, have a, I have a soft spot for Frank. 
Me too. I like him. Yeah. Me yeah. Too. I really enjoyed this chapter reading it. Now. And I like how, how he like defends that house. You know yeah. what I mean? And he like doesn't leave his post. He's like, a good guy. Very, yeah. He's yeah. a quality dude. He's loyal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so Frank has a little bit of a bio on Potter Moore. If you look him up, it just says the gardener of the Riddle House in Little Hangleton. And um, it just kind of brings up, how do you pronounce this? Priori Incantatum? Incantatum? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and then there's just little excerpts from later on in um, Hot Cup of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's very short. Um, so the cook from the Hangman pub in the village told his story with the help of some drinks that were purchased by the crowd in the pub. So I wanted to read just a little bit of that. Always thought he was odd. She told the eagerly listening villagers after her fourth Sherry fourth Sherry. Also shout out to Trelawney (laughs) (laughs) unfriendly. Like I'm sure if I've offered him a cup of once, I've offered it a hundred times. Never wanted to mix. He didn't. Ah, now said a woman at the bar. He had a hard war, Frank. He likes the quiet life. That's no reason to who else had a key to the back door. Then barked the cook. There's been a spare key hanging in the gardener's cottage far back as I can remember. Nobody forced the door last night. No broken windows. All Frank had to do was creep up to the big house while we was all sleeping. The villagers exchanged dark looks. I always thought he had a nasty look about him. Right enough. Grunted a man at the bar. War turned him funny, if you ask me, said the landlord. Told you I wouldn't like to get on the wrong side of Frank, didn't I, Dot? Said an excited woman in the corner. Horrible temper, said Dot, nodding fervently. I remember when he was a kid. And I wrote in the doc, nasty rumors spread this way. PSA, don't be like this. Well, and I wrote little notes in my book, and I was like, gosh, mob mentality. And then I said, a lot of people suddenly have something to say, like a lot to say. Mm-hmm. And you know, this happens like where... They wouldn't have said that otherwise, and I'm sure yes. you didn't think that otherwise. You're no. playing it up. Well, and that and like, the alcohol is going to give you a lot of liquid courage. Yep. yep. And mm-hmm. you're probably just like, oh, well, they're saying this, so I'm just going to agree. And that's how you know, those little nuggets of something that might be true or might not be true just snowball into something completely different. And right now they're condemning the man before he's even yep. said mm-hmm. a word. Mm-hmm. Just live a drama for your life, guys. You don't need drama. Why would you want it? Yep. Why? There's no reason. Drama makes the world go around. Drama's for nerds. <laughs> uh, but we are nerds. It's a quote from <laughs> Teen Mom. I'm not, I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> All right. So everyone in the village now believe Frank to be guilty of the murders of the Riddle family. So just like that in one, awful. probably in an hour, you know? And yeah. it's, it's one of those things that you can see it nowadays where someone gets like wrongfully accused of something and say they're legitimately innocent. They go to court. It's proven that they're innocent. People are going to be like, no, I still think that's true. Or I read an article online and it Gossip said this sucks. Yes. Yeah. And it's, you know, as try as you might, you're not going to be proved like they're going to still believe what they want to believe. Yeah. Unfortunately. Very true. People like to think that they like understand everything about a situation. And people no, love like, to be judge and jury. Well, yeah. Love to be judge and jury. And what's yeah. great is they'll read the title of an article and be like, well, I read an article. No, you didn't. You <laughs> read a title of an article. Yep. I love that. It's just... That's very internet. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so in the neighboring village of Great Hangleton, Frank was being questioned by the police. He was saying that he was innocent and that the only person he had seen that day was a, quote, teenage boy, a stranger, dark-haired, and pale. Mm-hmm. Hello, teenage Foldy. Mr. Tom Riddle. Crazy. Mm-hmm. First time you read that, you obviously... You don't, you don't know. Yeah. 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 Yep. 
It's crazy. Um, so later on, an autopsy report came back and Frank got a lucky break because the bodies were perfectly normal, you know, but they're dead. (laughs) They had not been poisoned, stabbed, shot, strangled, suffocated, or even appeared to be harmed at all. And I said, these are all really great signs of the killing curse. There's nothing wrong with you except you're dead. I wrote, and I think this is so true, like as much as magic is like, for lack of a better term, so wonderful and magical, it's so scary. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like what you can't do anything, especially when you read a couple chapters later when Moody's talking about the the three unforgivable curses. Mm -hmm. um, It's scary. And then I said, Mm -hmm. and so is family. (laughs) (laughs) But like... It's just crazy. And that they were frightened to death at the end. Yeah. So um, the only abnormal thing that the bodies had shown besides being dead was that they all had a quote, a look of terror upon his or her face. Like, I wonder what he did. Like, did he do something beforehand to like scare them and then killed them? Here's the thing. He doesn't do anything without dramatic effect to Mm. make himself feel really built up before he does something and everything he does has like a huge purpose for him it's a really big deal right i guarantee you he gave them some kind of a speech beforehand let me tell you what i'm all about let me show you what i can do i bet who i am to them who was tortured who wasn't he's not gonna know yes They're not going to know he's family. Oh, my God. Oh, I I guarantee he spilled everything before he killed them. Ooh, I like that idea. In our live chat right now. says uh, he looked exactly like his father. That probably was shocking, too. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he's walking in there, and he's probably like, what's up, Dad? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I guarantee. Yeah, everything was probably a huge theatrical show before he killed them. Do you think that he planned it for a while? Like, I'm going to, like, write a script. Well, everything he... I mean, think about the things that he does. Think about the um, importance of every Horcrux that he's made. Mm -hmm. They all have super big meanings to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, they all... I mean, he... I'm starting to understand him a little bit more like ever, like he just wants to be so high on a pedestal and think that he is so much better than everybody else that he continues to lie to himself constantly. Well, he's compensating for the fact that he's not nothing. a pure blood. Right. You're he's just, nothing in his own eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, pure, yeah, yeah. pure bloods, yeah. half bloods, whatever Muggleborns. He's, he's, if he were to look at someone like him, he would call them scum. Yes. Yeah. So he's trying to fix that. Do you, do all of his followers know that he's half blood? No, they don't. Because at the at Malfoy, is it Malfoy Manor? Mm-hmm. Harry says something about it to Bellatrix, and she like tells him to shut up because oh, like he's lying. That. Because Harry's trying to say, like, you guys are following someone who's a half blood. She's probably mm-hmm. thinking, I did not just have a half blood's baby. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he never talks about his heritage. <laughs> he never That's talks a- about it. Well, because he's ashamed. Right. I right. mean, he is he has there's no realistically, there's no reason. It to reminds be. me of Umbridge. Yeah. Yes. yes. Lying about what it's Sluin. Mm-hmm. The locket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so. How do three people get frightened to death? Hmm. By Voldemort. We know. <laughs> um, with no evidence, Frank was let go. Hooray, Frank. Yay, Frank. However, the Pari- Paris, <laughs> the police in Great Hangleton and the villagers from Little Hangleton still all believe that Frank was the one who did them in. 
Um, so the riddles were all buried in the graveyard that was attached to the little Hangleton church. And this is a very important spot. Just a little bit. We'll get there later on, but there are a couple of articles on Pottermore. Um, it says the graveyard where the riddle family are buried. Sorry. And (laughs) the site of Lord Voldemort's return. Yep. And there's a really, really neat illustration <laughs> along this. It even Potter has... Pottermore's f- illustrations are bomb. Mm-hmm. They are. It even has like a little teeny fact file. It says, where in the world? Little Hangleton. <laughs> Resident or owners. The real family. They're residents of this graveyard. Significant events that took place here. Voldemort's rebirth and Cedric Diggory's death. The rebirth, that... That word gets me. Yeah, yeah. I know. That word really gets me. Rebirth. We'll talk about oh, it. Oh, we're going to talk about it. Um, there's also a behind the scenes of Little Hangleton's graveyard. It says, as the setting for arguably the most pivotal scene throughout the Harry Potter series, Little Hangleton graveyard had to be suitably iconic. And there's a still from Goblet of Fire. Oh, and it says, extracted from Harry Potter, magical places from the films. Apparently that's a book. Um, I don't really want to read a whole lot out of this because we're going to do it again when we get to this point in the chapter. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm going to save this, but that is there if you want a little preview of what we will be discussing later on. So back to the Riddle House. Other families moved in and occupied the house, but none of them stayed very long. Hmm. I wonder why. I want to add here as well that So, like, imagine if families had stayed, because at this point in the story, Voldemort knows that this is where he wants to be. So, like, any family that would have stayed there, like, he would have killed them, too. I would have, I would assume. So, here's my question, though, because the next thing says, like, the wealthy man who owned the Riddle House these days, like, who was that wealthy man? We don't know. I tried to find it. I know, like, yeah, it's literally just, they say, they say that it's a muggle. They say it's a wealthy muggle who literally does just own it for tax purposes because uh, I know that it's, that's what it says, but I, was I it, did. Well, I mean, what about Tom Riddle owning it? But is he wealthy? I don't know. But like, I'm thinking, but think about he's not alive though. Oh, I guess he could be. Well, Tom yeah, Riddle, gonna, the name Tom Riddle, like, well, I don't know. Pseudonym though. Interesting. What were we talking before I asked? Well, that? I was going to say that um, I guarantee the reason why no one ever stayed was because Voldemort probably did something to the house. I would agree. Oh, also yeah, thinking like kind of like a uh, dusty Dumbledore. But what if what if they didn't like what if they bought the house not Old knowing dusty. three people were killed there and then they move in and find that murder out, house. And they're like, bye. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like American Horror Story. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. There's always like there there are laws. About that, but I don't know what they are in the UK. And I know in in um, the United States, there are some certain laws that, like, if it's you public knowledge, that. it depends. If it's, like, public knowledge, you have to. But if it's not, then you don't. Right. Hmm. Um, if someone died there. It's, like, weird. Every state, I think, is different. Yeah. Um, but Plus, even if they yes. have that law now, they might not have then. Correct. Right. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> what if he had a portrait there that he could, like, oh. s- like look through watch it yeah mm-hmm. or maybe like he could even like imperio the people and have them go crazy and then they're like i have yeah, to get out of this house like think it's up. like haunted mm-hmm. or something yeah mm-hmm. 
like Lots spell up things. some moving portraits or something Bother or anything. Yeah. Voldemort doesn't care about using the Imperius curse. Yeah. yeah. He uses it in this book. So, yeah. Who Little knows? Let us know what you guys think. Yes, yeah, spinach. What? You said lettuce. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Let us know. And then you just said, yeah, spinach. Because I could never think of any good ones. So I just said spinach every time. Tiffany, your puns are spinach out of control. All right. That's like the best spinach one that I know. But it does say that the owners had a nasty feeling about the place. So yeah, I'm sure it's full of dark magic because yeah. people were killed there. I wonder yeah. if he like frequented that like after he, like, did he like, I don't know. I wouldn't be he, like, surprised. Go there when he like worked at Borgen and Burks or like store I, stuff there or some. I don't know. I I, I bet you that he would have like an odd obsession with it. You know what I mean? But yeah. the Riddles still lived there at that point, right? Whenever I'm talking about after he killed him. Oh. But like, what if he would go back because he has like that that obsession with like this is my family and checking I checking on it. I don't. I hate that I'm part of it. But like, how often do you think he checked on um, the Horcrux in the cave? Do you think he ever every fortnight? Shut up. I'm done. He would, sing, he would sing lullabies for it to go to sleep. Oh my gosh. Um, so a wealthy man bought the house, like we said, but never did anything with it. He continued to pay Frank for his gardening, and Frank was nearing 77 years old. Um, he was very deaf, and his leg was stiffer than ever. And he was getting too old to do his gardening job properly as much as he tried. And that breaks my heart. I also looked up um, Little Hangleton on the Harry Potter lexicon. It just says small village located somewhere in Yorkshire or Lancashire. Is that Lancashire? Lancashire? How do you say that? Lancashire. Lancashire. Is it Shire? Lancashire. So is this a real place? No. No. I tried. Well, there is a Hangleton. I didn't know if it was like if she. um, Maybe it's like a play on it. It could be. Hangleton is like the actual city, but and then she just split it up like a little, yeah. little village because it said yeah. little and great, right? Because every time I would yeah. try and look it up, um, it would be like a place in Harry Potter, and I'm like, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> I know it is, <laughs> it is, but like, no, it's not. <laughs> um, they wouldn't get real time life. The internet doesn't know us like that, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I don't know where this is said. It said Little Hangleton is found about six miles from its neighbor, Great Hangleton. It's the location of the Riddle House where Tom Marvolo Riddle killed his father, his his father um, and grandparents in the summer of 1943. Location of the graveyard where Voldemort is regained his body. I like rebirth better. Yes. Yeah. It's a little bit darker if you're yeah. really, Have really... Have you guys started or watched any of the Sabrina show on Netflix? Yeah, yes. I, don't, I don't care for it. Oh, really? Oh, I enjoy it's it. It's a lot they, darker. Oh, they yeah. call it like her rebirth, like her baptism. And like they also rebirth. call him the Dark Lord. And I yeah. can't. Yeah. Like, no, I'm like, honestly. But you're not talking about Voldemort, so don't. Literally, that's what. He's the Dark Lord. <laughs> no, it is because I was like. <laughs> um, And then it says nearby on a hillside was the Gaunt House, wherein lived the Gaunt family, the last remaining descendants of Salazar Slytherin. Um. So and That's then it's actually just, not true. It's uh. All right. Well, get over at it. that <laughs> point in time, it was. True. They didn't have any children yet. Yes. What's her name? Delphi. They're Delphi. gonna slither into the Muggle life. You're weird. 
<laughs> and he goes through the inhabitants. So basically, like the maid, the cook, the landlord, Dot, Cecilia, whatever, all, all those people in the pub. So Dot. Dot. Well, that's that's all for uh, the Gryffindor today. Is what if what if someone was named Speck? <laughs> you can do Speck. that. They you can know. be twins. <laughs> Speck and Dot. <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh, triplets. Dot, Speck, and Freckle. <laughs> what about Mole? <laughs> Quadruplets. <laughs> you're making me so nervous with that book because you're going to bend the spine and I'm typically one of those people that doesn't care because it's a brand new book that's bothering me bend it crack that oh, sucker I can't even I <laughs> it. just got I, chills I bought this book like to, to write all over it and everything for this reread see but no you, you, you do old books but I don't want to do it in my old books. No, I bought. That's the snottiest. Thing I you've bought ever seen. new. Old books. <laughs> I went to half price books and bought new old books. Got it. Anybody that from uh, Timmy's grandma? No, I keep looking. <laughs> I keep looking for books with like inscriptions in it because I think that's cool, and I haven't yeah. found any. No more Timmy's mom. No grandma. grandma. Timmy's grandma. R.I.P. Possibly. We love you, Timmy's grandma. Oh. <laughs> All right. All right. So nowadays at the house, um, it's. People kind of enjoy poking fun at Tom. So the boys from the village throw stones at the window. Frank. Frank. What did I say? Tom. Oh, I'm sorry, Frank. Yes, Frank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they ride their bikes over the grass right after Frank will have, you know, cut it or whatever. Um, they've broken into the house for a dare before. Um, kids. This breaks my this heart. Is like, I, know. So, I know. Don't you want to protect him? I, I do. I really a, feel for a him. naughty word about them. Guys, don't be like those kids. No. That's yeah. ridiculous. So the boys know how devoted Frank is, and they found it funny to make him run across the lawn <gasps> and yell at him. And that makes me really angry. I said, so rude. It is. It um, makes me want to cry. So in Frank's eyes, he came to the conclusion that the reason they do this is because just like their parents, they think that he's a murderer as well. Mm. So they're like, oh, murderer Frank, let's go make life hard for him, which is just not nice. No, it is not. Um, So the night that we get to visit the Riddle House is in August. And we know that this timeline does work out because of Harry's dream in the next chapter. Like, he really is seeing this happen, which is crazy. Um, so this is, like, real time in the Potterverse. This is August. Frank w- wakes up because his leg is hurting him. And then he is down in the kitchen filling his water bottle, um, and he sees lights on in the house. He could see that it was like a fire that somebody had started. So he assumed that it was the boys, one of their pranks. They're in the house and they started a fire. So he, and this also makes me sad because of what happened to him. He doesn't trust the police. Yeah. So he decided to just go to the house on his own instead of calling the police for backup because he didn't trust that they would actually do anything for him. That's really sad. Um, But the door, he gets there and the door doesn't look broken into, which... I wanted to point out that this also like aligns with the riddle's death. There showed no signs of a struggle or anything because it's magic. That's really scary though. Like if yeah. you were a villager there. Yeah. Like these people say, died. Nobody knows well, how they died and there was no you know, signs of anything. A little bit in defense of the villagers that unfortunately do think that it's Frank. Right. And so they think whomever murdered this guy, I mean, realistically, or uh, it's, it's, um, 
they're still on the loose. So it, since they weren't broken into, like it could happen to them. Right. So since it was never solved is what I mean. I yeah. don't know if I said that. I don't know. Um, so I just wanted to like make the connection there that like both times this has to do with magic. So yeah. the first time that it was broken into is because Tom Riddle used magic to get in. Now again, it's broken into no signs of like no windows broken, nothing like that. So again, it's magic. So we know from this that there's somebody magical who's in the house right now with the fire. Um, so Frank goes upstairs quietly and he said that he's thankful for all of the dust on the steps to muffle his footsteps is this when we see the hack of a fire no oh. what no i'm kidding oh my gosh <laughs> it's the fire actually <laughs> uh and he so he sees the light flickering out from one of the doors that are open at the end of the hallway and he starts to overhear the conversation going on and i wanted to read some of it from the book um it's just so like weirdly gross. So there's a little more in the bottle, my lord, if you are still hungry. Oh, shut your face, Wormtail. <laughs> <laughs> Later, said a second voice, this too belonged to a man, but it was strangely high pitched and cold as a sudden blast of icy wind. Something about that voice made the sparse hairs on the back of Frank's neck stand up. Move me closer to the fire, Wormtail. I literally wrote hate him. <laughs> it's the hot place of fire because it's a fireplace. The hot grate of fire. Mm, that too. <laughs> Where is Nagini? Said the cold voice. I don't know, my lord. She set out to explore the house, I think. We will milk her before we retire, Ooh. Wormtail, said the second voice. I will need feeding in the night. The journey has tired me greatly. <laughs> okay, but I have things to say about that, but I'll save it to my part. <laughs> well, I have things to say about it as well. Because Let's we know. Em. Well, no, more so like. Snakes can't get milked, correct? Like legitimate I thought snakes. milking a snake meant like getting the venom, venom? from their things. That is, it but is. In, well, but in well, in the thingy, maybe. Uh, I mean, it's her world. But, uh, I'm I'm gonna be a little bit gross for a second because I mean, if you know, like a cow or um, would, would it be a cow? More so, like a dog. Like they say that like they're suckling from their teat, which mm-hmm. sounds really gross coming out of my mouth. But <laughs> the picture from Art of Harry Potter is literally like a snake with teats that yeah. little baby Valdi's sucking on. So, mm. yeah, it makes sense a little bit more now thinking that way because normal snakes don't have teats. That oh, Nagini is a male addict. If you don't know, sorry, spoiler alert for Crimes of Grandvold. Oh, it's already came out, so hopefully you saw it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes boy. more but sense to me than ever. So she's a male Maledictus, Where she was a woman, and it's cursed. Maled, Well, I want to wait until I see the movie. Then I'll know. Cursed into being a permanent snake. I think though that the reason. So there's some theories. Katie's well, we might talk, talk about, about this. them yet. Katie might talk about this, but one really quick theory about how he does get this body that he has and sustains it is that. It is a combination of unicorn blood and venom from Nagini. So oh. when they say milking, it is the venom. So, and he, so it's like in a teeth. bottle and it really, it's like her venom that he's drinking because well, she's a magical theory, creature. Correct? Yes. Okay. It, she's a magical creature as we know now. She's not just a snake that he has a well, relationship with. She is a human who had a blood curse who now 
be so like she has cursed blood, so she mm. is more than human. You know what I mean? Well, she was she was a witch to begin with, correct? Right. With a blood curse, correct. And now, like, she would could she do it like by will? Yes. Oh, well, we don't she know could for do a it while. by will. However, as time went on, there would be a time where she would not be able to change back. Yeah. So that's if you don't know. <laughs> if you don't know now, you do. Um, but I did you ever think that Nagini was just a snake? Yeah, yeah. when I was reading oh. this, yeah, I yes. kind of just assumed. I mean, she was I just a snake. thought she was like that he had a relationship a special with special snake. Well, <laughs> I just assumed she was regular, but like there was something a connection with them because he could speak to her, and I felt like that is why it was so different. Don't worry, Nagini. I always thought you were special. Don't listen to these <laughs> other ladies on the podcast. Well, like, you know, Crookshanks isn't a normal cat. You mm. can say that about Nagini. Like, oh, well, she's Yeah, but did you ever magical. think that Crookshanks was a normal cat? No. No, but I also just, I didn't really yes. think anything about Nagini. <gasps> Nagini. I mean, I thought Sorry. it was normal in the realm of the wizarding world. Yeah. I feel like if it's like in the wizarding world, the animals are different. Yeah. They're I not agree. just mm-hmm. regular owls. They're not just regular cats. They're not just regular toads, like to me. Like, I feel like if they're in the wizarding world, there's something special about them anyway. Thank mm-hmm. you. I agree. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. Lies. Okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, we'll get more to that in my second. Um, so as the conversation continues, you hear mention of the Quidditch World Cup, which also aligns with the real timeline because it's mentioned at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, correct? Mm-hmm. Because um, yes. Ron says, you'll have to come because like the Quidditch World Cup is happening. <laughs> Pour one out for POA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I just thought that it was funny that Frank like was trying to clean his ears out. Like, what is Quidditch? That's not a word. I just thought that that was kind of cute. Um, so like we know that Voldemort knows of the Quidditch World Cup and he wants to lay low because there's going to be so many ministry officials around with security and everything because they're going to be so on top of security with the Quidditch World Cup. Um, Hold on, I just want to tell you a funny note I had in here because sure. he says quit it. Well, he doesn't say he's thinking quidditch, which was not a word at all. And I said, "Not to you, you muggle!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so then they're talking a little bit more about like some sort of plan that they have going on, um, and Wormtail suggests doing this, whatever this is, without Harry Potter. However, Voldemort is adamant. Um, like, we as readers of the series now know why he's so adamant about it. It's yeah. because he wants to use Harry's blood so that mm. he can touch him again and break Lily's protection. I does can work. Touch you. <laughs> it, like, works to a point, right? Like, he, before he couldn't touch him at all. Like, not even, like, shake his hand. He would, as we know what happened with Coral, he would just, like, burn and turn to dust and die. But now he can touch him, but he still can That's not get you, to the... Uh, did he turn to dust in the book? He burned, didn't he? He burned. He yeah. burned him. I think he burned. Harry yeah. passed out before we knew what happened. Yeah. Right. We don't know. Yeah, I think they right. found his body. Yeah, I think you're correct. That's the movie. I'm sorry, guys. Um, so now <laughs> he can touch him, but he's still like... It didn't work to the effect that I think he wanted because he still can't get to Privet Drive. Like, there's still mm. that protection around Privet Drive with... Petunia's blood and Ooh, Lily's blood. Go there. Oh, Honestly. <laughs> so Voldemort at this point thinks that Wormtail wants to abandon him. And I want to know your guys' opinion on that. Do you think that he suggested that because he did want to run away? I want to talk about how he, I mean he can read Peter is. Yes. He, he has every 
in his power right now, he could just abandon Voldemort and Voldemort would die. Well, not really because of the Horcruxes, but he doesn't know that. But, he, but he's his so plan weak. He's like, I'm terrified. True. Is but- Wormtail a seer? No. No. <laughs> Does he know Don't what's going to happen? Don't give that much credit. Yeah. Well. Well, <laughs> I mean, he did become an Animagus. Yeah, that's from true. His friend, but still, but. no, because like you said, I mean, he could just bounce at any time. Mm-hmm. He could kill him at any time. Wouldn't matter. But do you think he can see the bigger picture? Mm. I don't think so. I don't think he can. So why I, is he there? I think that he has he, nowhere else to go. And I think that he thinks he's on the winning mm. side. He's going to go wherever he knows he's going to be able to survive. I need a comparison really quick here with Wormtail. Um, and I don't know if either of you will get it, but Katie might get it and other listeners might get it. But does Wormtail not remind you of Eugene from The Walking Dead? Oh, I don't mind. Uh, so yes. my head. Yes. He goes where he feels at that moment in time. He's going to be most successful. He's going to be safest. Well, as Sirius said in the last book, he's going to follow the biggest bully on the playground. Yes. Mm-hmm. So maybe the reason why he's hanging out is because he feel like he does have some power and control over Voldemort at this moment. And he is important. And that's what he seeks. Well, but you know what's so interesting, though, is he is the biggest reason why Voldemort is still living at this point in time because he's right. helping him because yeah. he's a hel- essentially helpless himself. Yeah. Yet just the sound of Voldemort talking to him has him like shivering Shaking. in his boots. Yeah. 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 So mm. regardless, of, like, like, he's he such a coward. Right so it's going to be <clears throat> his biggest downfall yeah. is that. And, yeah. and he's just, he's not a good leader at all. No. His Gryffindor trait did not it wasn't brave. That was no. not one of them that matched him. No. Um, to snowball off of that, I think that because of that right there, I don't think he was going to abandon him. I think he really was going to go and find somebody to do this without Harry because he just doesn't have anybody else to follow. And I bet you he, again, going with that and saying he's not going to abandon him, but he doesn't want to do this with Harry because he doesn't want to have to face Harry. I he, agree. He doesn't want to have to face, you know, his so-called good friend's yep. kid. I mean, he's the reason. That's cowardice, that, too. Uh, yes. Yeah. So he knows that, like, I'm going to have to see him again. And he's probably sitting there. We know that he already is probably anxious around Voldemort anyways and terrified of him. But he's anxious of the thought of having to answer Face for the crime, the things he's done his like Correct. crimes yep. you know crimes like he's a worm tail yeah there's a lot of them <laughs> and he i'd also, say they're worse than grindelwald he also owes harry anyway because he just saved his life that life debt dude oh no, mm-hmm. and it's gonna come clawing at your throat one day in the form <laughs> of silver <laughs> double bill <laughs> um so voldemort starts talking about how um his faithful servant will come to him says it specifically where is it? Um, it says, by that time... Um, okay, come on, Wormtail. One more death and our path to Harry Potter is clear. I'm not asking you to do it alone. By that time, my faithful servant will have rejoined us. Faithful is italicized. Now, I think a lot of people, or at least in Harry's mind at this point, he thinks the faithful mm. servant is Wormtail. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to point out a movieism here. Mm-hmm. Because yes. we see Crouch Jr. Yes. I was just thinking, like, we see David yes. Tennant kneeling all by him. So yeah. Crouch in the movie is in this room at this point talking to Voldemort. And isn't he crouching? He is <laughs> crouching. <laughs> yes, Tiffany. <laughs> by a couch. Very good. 
<laughs> I think that faithful is italicized because it's a major put down to Wormtail. Yes. Oh, yeah. I agree. This guy's faithful to me. You're not as faithful. You're going to yes. run away. And like, I think, I think that's like you're setting a good dig to Wormtail and mm. he's probably going like, Oh God, like now I got to do more, more. He's more terrified because immediately after he says that Wormtail is like, I am faithful. Mm-hmm. I am faithful to you. Like who found yeah. you? Right. You know. Who brought you Bertha Jorkins? And then Voldemort is just like, you had no idea what she was to me. I need to find her out what the heck happened in that forest There's in Albania. Theory. Dude. Talk to me about it later. Yeah. Um, so what? Isn't what? the theory with Bertha Jenkins? Um, no, I, did, did, did. I Felix file. Yada yada yada. It's gonna be a Felix file. Um, so I wanted to oh. remind. I wanted to <laughs> I remind know. everybody what Trelawney's prediction was at this point. Um, so it will happen tonight. The Dark Lord lies alone and friendless, abandoned by his followers. His servant has been chained these twelve years. Pulling this line out, his servant has been chained these twelve years. Literally. So we know. That he is in. Uh, if you really pick this apart, <gasps> Harry's not going to yeah, catch it. I just oh. got it too. <laughs> Harry's not going to catch it. However, because we've read all of these and we know how everything goes, it says he has been chained these twelve years. So even he was in Azkaban. Even when he left Azkaban with his father, he was still chained because he was <laughs> under the Imperious curse by Barty Crouch Sr. Yeah. I didn't even get this till right now. <laughs> so tonight before midnight, the servant will break free and set out to rejoin his master. This is when yep. Crouch what? gets out of Azkaban. Switcheroo. My mind is blown. <laughs> Switcheroo. I you assume that it's Wormtail. Yeah. I always have until right now. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> I was today years old when I found this out. <laughs> so like Harry is always thinking Wormtail, Wormtail, Wormtail. wormtail. So that's why we now were it's always David Tennant, David Tennant, But now David do you do you think that um this maybe worked for both of them or do you it think did. it was a coincidence? Um I think that it was I think that it was maybe a dual prophecy. I think mm. so too. So I I think that everybody's correct because the the OG prophecy was, is a dual prophecy. Yes, it's like it's yes. whatever choices. Right, it's the surface. Like the first one we hear is like that's Wormtail. Yep. Yeah. Swim around in the pool. Get deeper than dive the surface. in, baby. Crowd. Dive in. <laughs> Yeah. Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> oh my Junior. God. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it says here the Dark Lord will rise again with his servant's aid, greater and more terrible than ever before, mm. aka Barty Crouch is getting Harry to that graveyard mm-hmm. to make this happen. Can we RIP his mom though? Barty? I know. That's Sad. some love. It's a mother's love. That's yeah. some love. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Why didn't he have protection? She gave her life for him. Silence. I mean, <laughs> because, well, because, actually, I don't know. <laughs> Can we episode title that? Well, well because, because, maybe I don't she know. Really didn't. Maybe she really didn't. Maybe she was forced into it. 
Do we no, know she, though? No, she do you, was her. You, are was you her suggesting choice. she was imperious by senior to do that? No, no. I think she or, gave up herself. What if she was like already dying and didn't care and was just like sure I'll switch places still, with you? It's still giving Wasn't what she? little life you have. She was sad. Her bro- her heart was broken. Right. Well, she could have just died of a broken heart. She was already dying. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, so maybe that yeah. affected it. It could have, but still. Yeah, I agree. Maybe. I'm just saying. All right, whatever. I'll leave. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. So, um, it says tonight before midnight, the servant will set out to rejoin his master. Crazy. So, yes, that in actuality is, I think it's about both of them, both Crouch Jr. and Wormtail. However, the more you dive into that, the more about Crouch Jr. it mm-hmm. really is, I think. Um, so at this at this point in the chapter, because, um, you know, Wormtail's trying to say, I am faithful, I am faithful. Um, Let me kiss your butt some more. <laughs> right. So then... Ooh. Does he have a butt <laughs> This right now? line is great. It's little. It's a baby. Uh, I will allow you to perform an essential task for me. One I that will many, allow you. One that many of my followers would give their right hands to perform. Hello. Foreshadowing. Yeah, that's he awesome. literally is going to give his right hand. I did write that. Where did I write that? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yep. Uh, so then v- Wormtail is terrified because he's like, really, my lord? What? And then Voldemort says, ah, Wormtail, you didn't, you don't want me to spoil the surprise. Your part will come at the very yeah, end. The surprise but, is you're losing your hand. But I promise you, you will have the honor of being just as useful as Bertha Jorkins. And because of that line, he immediately is like, you're going to kill me too? Well, not really. First of all, why would you think he isn't eventually going to kill you? He I doesn't know. care about yes. anybody. Yes. Well, because Wormtail is naive in that fact, I think. Yeah. Yes. He just, he doesn't want to believe that that is going to be the outcome. Because again, he's following the bully. He's being the bully with the bully so that he's not the one getting bullied. You know what I mean? Bully. I literally wrote, like, you know, you basically kill yourself in my margin because. Yeah. He did. Yeah. With With the hand hand that Voldemort gave him, which. It's his right hand. You know, that is a little bit like Voldemort doing it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very Star Wars thing of her to do, by the way. It is. Oh my god! Oh, why you sliced off my hand? <laughs> <laughs> and he gets a mechanical hand too. He does, really? and it's silver. <laughs> I don't know why my hand has no thumb. Okay. Oh boy. Um, okay, so I also I went onto the wiki and just looked at the Riddle House a little bit as well for this section, um, and I. I liked this line. They were talking about Frank and it said he had no way of knowing that on the other side of that wall sat the true murderer of the Riddle family and the man responsible for all distrusting him in the village of Little Hangleton, nor that this was the dark haired boy he himself had seen climbing toward the Riddle house that terrible day over half a century ago. How much he's changed. Boy. Um, So keep in mind that I just wanted to put this out there for everybody to keep this in the back of your mind that this is where Voldemort is for the entire book. This is where he corresponds with Crouch Jr. throughout the school year. Um, this is where he tells Crouch Jr. to kill Crouch Sr. pretty much, right? Because he's catching on. Um, so, like, this is where all of the correspondence is happening. This is where... It's headquarters. This is where, Vol- yeah, this is where Voldemort is living because he is still in that, like, baby body. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> He's still in like that baldy baby, baby body. body. Baldy uh, baby body. Baldy baby body. Baldy baldy baby body. Baldy baby body. Baldy baby body. What is Were you thinking of? Um, I was thinking of the Doritos. Puppy monkey baby. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, So this is where like Voldemort, Nagini, and Wormtail are living right now. Oh, during the fourth, they're so cute. But like, does anyone else realize they're there besides Frank? No, because and no, I guarantee they they get rid of Frank. It's like, well, who? Nobody else goes there, you know? Yeah. So I also um, wanted to point out that this is the town that Harry takes the portkey to at the end of the book. So Voldemort points the house out to him from the graveyard and saying, that's where my, I think he says something negatory about his father or whatever. Sure. Um, And the only reason he comes back to this house, because he hates his father. He wants nothing to do with this place. He hates the fact that his muggle family lived there. Um, And it's literally only because he needs his bones. Like, that is the only reason why he goes to this place. Them bones, them bones. I need them bones. Dry bones, them bones, them bones. <laughs> oh, God. Or bone of the father. Unwillingly given. <laughs> Flesh from the servant. Willingly sacrificed. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. That I hated that line. line. I know. What what was like the point of it? And then he like shoved his thumb in there or whatever. Also, guys, I really uh, and Taylor has point. Taylor's pointing this out on our chat on YouTube, and I think I agree. I do think that she was dying with some sort of illness. Yeah, but still. But I think that that might be why she didn't end up protecting him because she knew she was dying. It wasn't like a last minute decision of bravery Mm. saying I'm throwing myself in front of you. You know what I mean? All right. I'll let you have it. Yeah. I'm just saying it was a thought. I'm just saying, I'm saying was his mother, um, a long bottom. God, my thumb Mm. really itches. Someone's a long bottom, at least according to the wikia. Whose mom does what? Crouch. Was she a long bottom? What's happening? Oh no! It just says Mrs. Crouch. <laughs> What's this a, about? Someone's a long bottom. Do you want to point out the fact bottom. that Martin is cooking? Okay. So I just want to tell you. All right. <laughs> it doesn't. The wiki wouldn't tell me things. So. Uh, All right. It's Yellow's turn. Uh, yellow. Yellow. Hello. It's Yellow. <laughs> so I'm talking about good old Bertha, Bertha. Jorkins to start with. Who is she? Why are we talking about her? Oh, man. So I looked her up, um, and there's actually like way more info than I thought there would be, which is Give nice. Give it to me. So she is a few years ahead of our wonderful and beloved Marauders. <laughs> um, it's estimated she's born around 1958, and we know this because Sirius tells Harry that she was, quote, a few years above him and James. So we know that she's at least two years older, but no more than six, because then we're at school yeah, together. We saw each other. Um, it's known that she's gossipy and not especially bright. Um, she's a plump and scowling girl who tended to whine about ill treatment from other students. Um, and we know that she's very nosy because in Dumbledore's memories, we see her at about 16 and she follows another student and his girlfriend into the greenhouses. Why? I don't know. It just reminds me of people in Harry's grade with nosy. Even other, like Rita. Reminds me of Rita. Yeah. Rita. Yeah. And in that memory, Dumbledore is seen being like, but but why? Like, why why would you do this? So, I don't know. She's just that kind of person. Mm. 
So after she graduates Hogwarts, she goes to work for the ministry. She's bounced around departments constantly. We know for sure that she's worked for the Department of International Magical Cooperation and the Department of Magical Games and Sports. Yes. Watch. So you said before that like she's known to be kind of dim. Mm-hmm. Wasn't she not always like that, though? I'm getting to that. Okay. Sirius says that, right? Yeah. That she yeah. wasn't always like that. Um, so at the ministry, she gets this reputation. Reputation. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Big reputation. Big reputation. Ooh, Bertha Jorkin's got a big <laughs> reputation. Ah. <laughs> and she's heard about you. Ooh. <laughs> she's got some bad enemies, too. Oh, my God. That was good. Um, she gets this reputation for being scatterbrained. But we have a quote from Sirius. Um, he says, maybe she's changed since since I knew her, but the Bertha I knew wasn't forgetful at all. Quite the reverse. She was a bit dim, but she had an excellent <laughs> memory. Meg! <laughs> Meg made some sound out of her body. Um, she was a bit dim, but she had an excellent memory for gossip. It used to get her into a lot of trouble. She never knew when to keep her mouth shut. I wonder if that's what caused her to... Uh... Probs. Oh, yeah. Probs. Isn't there a theory, though, about, like, how she became that way because, like, she may have gotten... Meg, I'm getting to okay, that. I'm so, okay. I didn't read your notes. I apologize. <laughs> Let her speak. Let us no, continue. I no, I like it because that's just means my research is spot on. It's good. <laughs> All right. So we know that she vacationed to Albania in 1994. Totally thought you were going to say Majorca. Me too. Ate a funny woke. (laughs) Um, And that's when she went missing. No one thought anything of it because apparently she's this scatterbrained dimwit. How sad. I know. Yeah, I would not want to be known as that. They just think that she lost track of time and would come wandering back. We have Ludo Ludo Bagman saying, but she'll turn up. Poor old Bertha. Memory like a leaky cauldron and no sense of direction. Lost. You take my word for it. She'll wander back into the office sometime in October, thinking it's still July. Jeez. So no one's that bad. I guess. Hold on. Are you just like poking fun? Can I get that reputation so that I can take long vacations (laughs) and my work won't even care? No. No. Says the Slytherin. Uh, I'll pretend. Just burned you pretty hard. I think it's funny. Uh, Yeah. Uh huh. So, uh, yeah, not the case. She's not lost. And she discovers that Barty Crouch Jr. was being hidden in the Crouch household. Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> and then what? Frida goes, <gasps> yeah. Quick quotes, quill us quivering. <laughs> you struggled with that. You did really not know hard. which word you wanted to pick. I really was struggling. Yeah. They all tried to be me and they can't. Oh, I can be better. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, my. I can. So Crouch Sr put a strong if you keep saying it i'm gonna like hit you he put a strong memory charm on her to make her forget this little nugget of information and this caused her memory to become even worse Mm. so now she may be the dimwit scatterbrain everyone has um said she was i bet you that like she would find stuff out because she's nosy and people would be like obliviate or like yeah. Messing with Joe Mind. So do you think that that's happened to her so yes. much and that's why she... Maybe. I wouldn't be sure. the way she is. Maybe don't be nosy. Still, I mean, it's wrong to alter someone's memory. Yeah, I agree. What if she is one of the authors of um, Gilderoy Lockhart's books? I would poop my pants. Oh. That would be so cool. 
<laughs> Megan has the funniest look on her face. But I just like it, you know, we know that he uses Obliviate. It's his favorite spell and he's good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and He's not good at it anymore. Well, correct. <laughs> he's so good at it that he messed his own mind. 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 Mind up. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting thought that maybe... You're, are you going to sneeze? God yeah. bless you. <laughs> but I mean, that's a good thought. I th- it's a good thought. I thought. I think I thought. I like to think thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> so during her holiday in Albania, not Majorca, yeah. she met Peter Pettigrew mm. at an inn. Oh. And he led her to Voldemort. Voldemort. So, question. How'd yes. that go? Had he met up with Voldemort before this, you think? Yes. Well, I think so. Well, if he led her to him, then I think so, yeah. that implies okay. yes. Well, and I think he wanted, um, Voldemort wanted um, Wormtail, I forgot who he was, <laughs> to like bring her. I There's a theory I her read about her and Wormtail and Voldemort. Well, I which believe. I don't know if you're going to talk about it or not. I believe she's the death he uses to make Nagini a Horcrux. Yeah. So I think he just wanted someone in order to make a Horcrux, no. but it turned out to be someone who was very useful to Where him. Where is she right, at this time? he was able to get through those memory charms to get information out of her. And she became so damaged because he used such extreme powerful magic to break that memory charm. He ended up just killing her because she was basically completely useless. Is this a that, dumb question? Sad. There are no dumb questions. Truth. It's a fact. Where's Nagini at this moment in time? With Voldemort. When yeah, you? I think. Okay. Because Wormtail has found Voldemort, so they're together. And I don't know how Nagini came back and or came into the picture. Yeah, that's we what I'm know. wondering. I mean, we might get to we see. Get I I need to. I know. I mean, I don't know. I, know. I think that I I think that um, I need to see how that all works. He my in my in my mind, he's always been with Nagini. Like after. Harry killed him. You Maybe know, because we know that he her. goes from animal to animal and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think he lives within her? Maybe, but I, I don't know permanently for a period of time. Yeah. I mean, she is human, so maybe it yeah. was strong enough. But yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't to know. not affect her like but other I, animals. But well, I, the other ones weren't; they just weren't strong enough, mm-hmm. right? So they, they would die. Away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that she's she was always with him, like because by his if we side, think about how she is a faithful servant, he was in quarrel. Was it something mm. similar? Mm. And maybe she was much of- stronger than quarrel. <laughs> maybe she survived him leaving. Think of Her. a snake with a little Valdi head on it. <laughs> I hope it was on the opposite oh, end, a two headed snake. Oh mm. boy, I don't know. Interesting thoughts. Think, thoughts to, to think. think. Yeah, um, but because of. The person that Pettigrew happened to pick, um, Voldemort discovers the tries, the plans for the Triwizard Tournament, and that his faithful servant Barty Crouch Jr. is in fact still alive. Dun dun dun. Mm. So fun theory from the lexicon. I thought um, someone wrote like uh, they were kind of speculating what house um, Bertha would have been in. And they said that she doesn't seem clever enough for Ravenclaw, nor the type for Slytherin. And given that Sirius knew her fairly well, and she was bold enough to confront Crouch Sr., she may have been a Gryffindor. However, this is merely speculation. I will say, I like, the, I, I like the idea of her being a Ravenclaw and being like, knowing inquisitive all the things. and knowing these things and then becoming dim-witted. 
If oh, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, that, I'll get that train that. of thought. Yeah, I agree with that. That's pretty cool. I can see Ravenclaw or Gryffindor. Mm. I think it would just depend on more so how she was at age 11. She doesn't strike me know. as a puff. Uh-uh. No, I don't see her as a puff. No. No, because she wouldn't be so gossipy if yeah. she was a puff, I would guess. Because, yeah. like, that's not very kind. True. Be yeah. kind. I, I think Ravenclaw first, and, and then my second choice would be Gryffindor for her. I can, honestly, I can see either. Yeah. Yeah. So, next in my section, we're going to be talking baby Voldy theories. Yes. Yes. So I found, I think um, most of these were on a site I frequent called Quora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were talking about it and a bunch of people came up with theories. So I just pulled some of them because they were just kind of fun. Do it. Um, so this one's actually true, I believe. So maybe I'll save that one. Oh, no, I'm sorry. So someone suggested that the creation of this rudimentary body was a connection with the Horcruxes, as we see in the seventh book. Um, the part of the soul that is in one Horcrux is like Voldemort's rudimentary body in book four. So maybe somehow Voldemort gave Wormtail some instructions of how to bring that physical man- manifestation of a rendered soul into existence. Sort of like maybe the diary. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Some people were like disproving this on there. They didn't like this one. Um, another one from Rashmi Kulkami. Sure. Um, They say, given the fact that Voldemort was destroyed the night he tried to kill Harry, this is the least he could do to bring himself to some kind of human form. For years, Voldemort has been, quote, less than spirit, less than the meanest ghost. But this was when he was all alone and no one to help him find strength and thus could um, could not manage to build himself something definable and identifiable. What he is left with is just a part of the soul, which has been split many times. And probably after trying to kill Harry, this part of the soul might have been the weakest of all. So there could there could not be any other better form for his existence, cannot be called human, cannot be categorized as ghost, just a small size bundle of flesh with a tiny part of the soul clinging to it. So that's why he can't like mm. be mm, even human. Yeah. Nothing he's really he's not even that. Like he's I there's no word for it. He's just gross. Yeah. Oh. Um a theory from Brandon Lane. Uh the only reason I can think of is because that is the best illustration of his soul. Oh, I like, I like that. this one. Um, when Harry brings back the Marauders with the Resurrection Stone, they all appear as perfected versions of their physical selves because they all did great things. Ooh. When Harry went to Limbo, he also took a scarless, cleaner version of himself, and Voldemort appeared as a flayed, dying, childlike thing covered in blood and scales. Oh. This is similar to how his body looked in Book 4. This is most likely a link between your physical body and how your soul is presented. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. So, as far as um, Christianity goes, like, when you get to heaven, you're supposed to be, like, the best mm. yeah, physical of version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm, like, pulling that. And we know that she pulls a lot from the Christian yeah. faith yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Trinity and, you know, the trio yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So I really like that connection. Yeah. Yeah. I think that one might be my favorite. I have one more and I only put this in there because it's strange. (laughs) Um, So Ron Garrett says one sicko supposition would be that the once Voldy and Peter, that once Voldy and Peter got together after prisoner of Azkaban, Peter brought Nagini to Voldemort and through Peter magically impregnated Nagini with some essence of Voldemort. Then Voldemort possessed the newborn and accelerated its growth to accommodate his desires. We do know that the baby Mort requires milking of Nagini. 
And this is when I realized, because I looked that up, and that does mean the venom. Yeah. So, it, you know, I will accept that. And that does play into my next thing. So go ahead. Um, I don't know if you're going to talk about this part, but um, there was MuggleNet did like a whole thing about Nagini and Voldemort article. And I guess I'm on a, an episode of their podcast. They were talking about a theory they have that Wormtail and Bertha yeah, Jorkins that's got what together. I was thinking. I'm not going to talk about this, so go ahead. impregnated oh. her. No, that's literally what I was... That's yeah. So that's he, not a theory that I've heard because I don't really... Um, well, someone posted out. the article in our group and I was like, they're like, it's really kind of gross, but like you need to read it. And they were like, I'm... The guy writing was even like, I'm grossed out by writing <laughs> it. Um, that... <laughs> Possibly Baby Mort was created by Peter impregnating Bertha Jorkins and then mm-hmm. Voldemort possessing the fetus. Um, Just to have some form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he was nothing, right? He was barely anything. Yeah. Unfortunately, that kind of makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And like the more you think about it, you're <laughs> like, no, it's like, disgusting. That's, yeah. Because, especially because I'm sure that they probably, if this is true, mm-hmm. hexed Bertha so she wouldn't even know what was going on, which is so wrong on rape. however many levels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but we, well, what if he like charmed her? I mean, I know that Wormtail's not that charming, but. I mean, you can with magic, you can with a potion. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, And it says in the article, it's like, up until now, I always um, conflated the two uh, statements about Nagini, a little help for my dear Nagini and the snake venom Nagini provided to mean one and the same thing. However, now a different interpretation comes to mind Mm. is the little help something in addition to providing venom. Um, like I wonder, because then it says we need to know more about the pr- reproductive logistics of a maledictus, because that's also talking about yeah possibly like Nagini getting impregnated right because um, it says implying that a child of the maledictus would also initially be human and then transfer transform into an animal like and we what we don't know is whether or not that applies to only a maledictus giving birth while in human form or regardless of whether the maledictus is an animal form or human at the time. So I mean she could possibly still have a humanoid baby going along with that. So that's one theory with the Nagini bit or Bertha Jorgens having Wormtail's spawn. Yeah. yeah. That's like what? really sad and like, but again, if you really think about it, it makes sense. It I does. think they just needed a witch and she was the witch that was there. And it turned out that she had all this information that was, I think that really was by accident. Anyway. I think that was by accident. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I agree. I think they were like, woohoo, we hit the jackpot with this they, one. They mm-hmm. genuinely did for because their nasty again, plans. You know, she if she did we say she was older than Severus and Severus, I mean, I guess he'd be she older is than older. Him too. But like not by a crazy amount. And yeah, they're they young. They're in their early thirties. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she's at least in like muggled years, still able to have kids, and oh, yeah. probably in wizarding years, because they we know that their lifespan is longer. They probably mm-hmm. have a better, longer period of being able to have kids. Not that it really matters. They probably wouldn't have cared what the kid looked like or what the kid was like. They didn't care about the genetics. They just mm-hmm. needed a vessel. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah sick, yeah. but I could I could see it. True. Um, what we do know, um, and maybe Bertha was still a part of that. We don't know. But uh, what we do know for sure is Voldemort used what is known as a rudimentary body potion for lack of what it actually might be called. Um, So this seems to be something he invented himself. Uh, The primary ingredients of this potion are unicorn blood and Nagini's venom. Uh, Wormtail prepared this potion under the direction of Voldemort. So here's a quote from Voldemort. 
Uh, Wormtail's body, of course, was ill-adapted for possession, as all assumed him dead and would attract far too much attention if seen. However, he was the able-bodied servant I needed, and poor wizard though he is, Wormtail was able to follow the instructions I gave him, which would return me to a rudimentary, weak body of my own, a body I would be able to inhabit while awaiting the essential ingredients for true rebirth. Mm. A spell or two of my own invention, a little help from my dear Nagini, a potion concocted from unicorn blood and the snake venom Nagini provided, I was soon returned to an almost human form and strong enough to travel. Um, yes. Like, I know that re... Just going back a little bit. I know that rebirth can, like, be, like, reinventing yourself or, mm-hmm. you know... But I really think she chose her words very mm-hmm. carefully when yeah. it came to oh, this. And Joe. I feel like it literally was a birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. I'm done mm-hmm. talking about it. <laughs> yeah. For now. <laughs> it's just, like, kind of nasty to think about. Yeah. So let's remember about unicorn blood. Um, It will keep you alive even if you are an inch from death, but at a terrible price. You have slain something pure and Mm -hmm. defenseless to save yourself, and you will have but a half-life, a cursed life from the moment the blood touches your lips. But Voldemort probably doesn't care because he thinks he's going to be master of death. He thinks it can't touch him. You know what I mean? And he's also been drinking it before, essentially. Right, right, You know, if it's anything like if him being in Quirrell is like... Almost like breastfeeding a baby where, you know, you say you are um, drinking milk and maybe the baby's allergic. The baby could have a reaction kind of thing. So, like, right. as much as it was Quirrell drinking the blood. Or no, Voldemort did, too, just himself, right? Or is yeah. that just a movieism where he's, like, flying around? <laughs> that, I believe that's movieism. But, but I do believe that Voldemort was drinking it. Yeah. yeah. So I we know that, I mean, and we know that he's willing to do anything to stay alive. How'd that work? Here, lean back so I can get my mouth on the straw. Because <laughs> he has no He can't get it. <laughs> oh, boy. Also, finally, I wanted to point out that Nagini's venom, aside from the information we didn't even know until recently because mm-hmm. of Crimes of Grindelwald with her being a maledictus, um, her venom is no ordinary snake venom. So if you remember Arthur Weasley's wounds in Order of the Phoenix, <clears> they <throat> couldn't close properly. They were dark magic. They were something different. Every time they would take his bandages off, he would start bleeding like mad. So there is something different for sure about her. It's the blood curse. It's yeah. the blood curse. Snake yeah. juice. <laughs> <laughs> snake juice. Ooh, ha, ha. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Well, right. Nice. Yeah. Are we ready? Yes. Are we ready for the best part? No. So Frank is freaking out, dude. So he could hear those guys um in there talking, and then he hears one guy, and then he hears the second man, aka Valda Baby, change his voice. Baby. He was hissing in Mort. I'm sorry. <laughs> He was hissing and spitting without drawing breath. Frank thought he must be having some sort of fit or seizure. And then I'm like, I think we can all agree that gross baby Valdi is speaking parcel tongue, especially because up next is Nagini making her way down the hall into the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish that Tiffany could listen to me say this part because it's so funny and I knew she was going <laughs> to laugh. So it's a gigantic snake. Obviously, we know this. At least 12 feet long is what Frank is saying in his head. So I thought it'd be interesting to look up the size of some things for some context. So an average refrigerator is almost six foot tall, so it'd be two fridges. And then I also put that it's taller than two Danny DeVitos because <laughs> he's 5'11". <laughs> and I just thought that was funny. Oh, my God. And then there's a picture on Pottermore of um, Voldemort's faithful companion. So we'll post that. So it's just a picture of Nagini. 
Poof. Yeah. Those fangs. Yeah. Nagini. Very pretty. Which I know some people are like, mm, little snakes, but. Um, so his only option for escape was to go into the room with the two guys or stay and most likely be killed by the snake in the hallway. So the snake is level with him and keeps going towards the hissing and spitting sound. So Frank is truly <laughs> scared. <laughs> what is he saying? Like, Nagini, where are you? Nagini, where are you? <laughs> come to me. Sweetheart, I need some milk. <laughs> come, give me your meal. I'm come thirsty. So um, his hand is trembling, and while he listens to the man make those strange sounds, he has an odd thought, and he literally goes, this man could talk to snakes. And I said, Frank, my good sir, you are correct. Mm -hmm. He can. Mm -hmm. So Frank wishes he was back in his bed with a hot water bottle, but his legs don't seem to be working, and suddenly the man changes back into speaking English. So Valdi informs Wormtail that Nagini told Hermione to tell you that Seamus told me that Pavardi told Dean that there's an old muggle listening to every word in the hallway. When I started reading along with you, I'll give you a high five. When I started reading along with you, I was like, when did she talk to Hermione? She wasn't here. I just had to put in because I was like, I love you know. I love so Frank um, does have time to GTFO. But the door is opened fully. You missed my speech about how long the snake is. Nagini is about 12 feet long, which is taller than two Danny DeVitos on top of the <laughs> Oh, I spit on my mic. I'm sorry. But I was like, oh, you missed the best part. So he doesn't really have time to, you know, leave. And the door is open fully. And you see a short, balding man with graying hair, a pointed nose, and small, watery eyes. Oh, Stood before I, Frank. I thought you were talking about Danny DeVito for a second. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Danny DeVito. So a mixture of fear and alarm on his face. And we're, again, still talking about worm tails. So I, yeah. you know, what? I bet you he went great early because all he does is live in fear. <laughs> Honestly. Ooh. And so... I um, bad for him if he wasn't such a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Wormtail is told to invite him into the room. Where are your manners? So we see that the cold voice is coming from the ancient armchair before the fire, but uh, we can't see who's speaking yet. The snake, on the other hand, was curled up on the rotting hearth rug. Is that how you say that? Hearth? Hearth? Hearth rug. Like some horrible travesty of a pet dog. I was just thinking about when the chair turns and what Frank sees. Is it like Voldemort with like a rattle? <laughs> 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 like sucking on a passy. <laughs> it's probably green for Slytherin. Oh my god! <laughs> Made of a snake tail. <laughs> <laughs> the rattles, rattle, rattle, snake, snake tail. <laughs> so Frank walks into the room with a firm grip on his walking stick. Go, Frank! I literally was like, "Yeah!" I'm pretty sure in my book I was like, "You go, Frank." He would be a Gryffindor. I was yeah. just thinking. The exact same thing. I literally wrote, go Frank. Woo woo. We love Mr. Frank. So the only thing lighting up the room is the fire. And the man inside the armchair seemed to be even smaller than his servant. Frank couldn't even see the back of his head. Um, and <laughs> I also said, neither could Quirrell, but alas, if Voldemort was there. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was on fire re- writing these notes, guys. <laughs> Perfect for this first episode of Hot Cup. Of and fire. then I was like, I'll read from Le Livre, which is French for the book. <laughs> you were so on fire with these notes. Fancy. <laughs> so it says, you heard everything, Muggle, said the cold voice. What's that you're calling me? Said Frank defiantly. 
For now that he was inside the room, now that the time had come for some sort of action, he felt braver. It had always, like, it, mm. wow, words cannot come out of my mouth. It had always been so in the war. Frank! Yes. Frank! Frank! I'm calling you a muggle, the voice said coolly. It means that you are not a wizard. I don't know what you mean by wizard, said Frank, his voice growing steadier. All I know is I've heard enough of it to interest the police tonight. I have. You've done murder. <laughs> Sorry, it just sounds like you've done murder. Murder. Um, and you're planning more. And I'll tell you this, he added with a sudden inspiration. My wife knows I'm up here and I, if, and if I don't come back, you have no wife, said the cold voice very quietly. Nobody knows you're here. You told no one that you were coming. Do not lie to Lord Voldemort, muggle, for he knows. He always knows. Don't talk that, to he doesn't have one, though. Person. Is that Voldemort, like, reading his mind legitimately? No one. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would think. Yeah. Or oh, he remembered oh, him point. from. Good point. Maybe. Oh, yeah, that could be true. Back in the day. Mm. Nobody. But Katie got my joke. It was good. I wasn't listening. Voldemort to knows. He always knows. And I said, but he doesn't have one. No, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it's he says is that right said frank roughly lord is it Ooh, well i don't think sis. much of your manners my lord Ooh. turn round and face me like a man why don't you the sass is real Ooh. <clears throat> <laughs> then he responds with but I am not a man, Muggle, said the cold voice, barely audible now over I'm the crackling of the flames. I am much, <laughs> much more than a man. However, why not? I will face you. Wormtail, come turn my chair around. Also, I said, but are you, though? Like, aren't you a man? He's a baby. You're a baby. You're a baby, oh, baby, 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 Wiggle. Uh, he's a baby, baby, a Wiggle. And oh, so, Wormtail. Like, then we see... Um, you know, so Voldemort's like, I'll be brave. I'll face Frank. And so I literally was like, go, Frank. I'm like, Frank's red hot with his courage. Get it? Frank's yes. red hot? Yes. Oh, my God. oh, I thought you were talking about red because Gryffindor. <laughs> Frank's red hot. Quite spicy. There you go. Um, so Voldemort, <laughs> Voldemort has Wormtail turn his chair around, um, who does so reluctantly because he's a scary little chicken. I wouldn't want to look at that either. Yeah. Voldemort, uh, Wormtail's always looking at him. Yeah, he probably he doesn't want to do it anymore. Beady eyes. Um, so then when Frank finally sees what is sitting in the chair, his walking stick fell to the floor with a clatter. He rose such a ladder. Whatever. Oh, my God. He opened his mouth and let out a scream. He was screaming (laughs) so loudly that he never heard the words that the thing in the chair spoke as it raised its wand. And then there was a flash of green light, and Frank Bryce was dead before he even hit the floor. And 200 miles away, Harry Potter woke with a start. Was it all just a horrible dream, or did this really happen? First of all... Bananas first chapter for a book. Great way to end it. 200 miles away is pretty close. Death. Megan. Speaking of bananas. <laughs> <laughs> They're a great do source we, of potassium. <laughs> do we know what the words are that the thing in the chair said? I assume Avada. Vanilla banana. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? There's this thing on Facebook where this guy does a bunch of impressions and instead of saying about it, he goes, Vanilla banana. It just flows nice. It's really good. Vanilla banana. I said, well, what does he look like though? Banana. I think it's just what Harry saw under the bench. Yeah. 
He's supposed to be like red and like scaly wing. or something. I yeah. think we find out at the end a of this book. Yes, <laughs> oh my god. Moldy <laughs> chicken wing. Uh yeah, no, that's what I think. Just same I'm thing. Sad nobody else thought, but my vanilla um, thing was. Funny. I didn't. I, I don't funny. know what it's from. Jessica, go watch it on Facebook. Jessica in the chat wants to think. Wants us to think about a baby Voldy holding a full size wand. <laughs> <laughs> How long is uh, Voldemort's wand? Look that up. I am. That'd be look it up. Look it up. Purely funny. Okay. Um. So I had this thought because I said to Tiffany when I first started this reread. And I was like, what I don't understand, though. So Harry's having this dream, but if he has I thought this. Voldemort's bits in him, that's no, wrong. No. <laughs> that's, please. Like, please wouldn't stop. he see it through Voldemort? So why does he have it from a different, like a third person pro- point of view where he Pause. sees Frank, he sees Snake? Pause that, because next chapter I talk about things. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I wondered the same thing though. Hmm. Well, fine. I won't have this conversation. You we won't. You'll have it in bit. like twenty minutes. <laughs> okay. 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 Voldemort's wand is thirteen and can a half we, inches. You can we have a moment of silence for Frank? Yes. Oh, Frank. That's not silence. <laughs> for a second, I was going to say, "What if Newt named his Thunderbird after Frank?" But Frank. <laughs> Maybe he was alive. Oh, there's no way. Anyways, I feel I like we should go. Oh, Frank's man. red hot sauce. All right, Frank, you were really on a Frank. Hot. All right. Oh, a God. ballpark, Frank. A hamburgers are ready. Would you like to ask some more questions? <laughs> what are the questions? Do our listeners have any questions for us? I'm trying to think of what would be some good. So we th- we all kind of answered what we think Valdi looks like, right? Do you think he's naked or do you think he's clothed? Clothed. Do you think he can? Tell? I think he's swaddled. Oh my god! <laughs> do you like think that he is incontinent of his um, urine and feces, or do you think? No, I a- I think it's full on. Wormtail has to wipe him. That no, that means yes. You think he's incontinent? Oh, I didn't hear. You. I sorry. Do they have bad. to buy diapers? No. Or do they magic it away? Magic. Oh, didn't we talk about this? Exit O Poopo. Okay. I don't think that's what they would have said. It is. Now, you know, you don't know. Would if you lived there and thought that house was haunted, would you spend a night in it? No. 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 Yeah, I wouldn't either because I don't do scary things because yeah. they're scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are they? I don't handle scary things well. I, I need someone in my life to hold my hand when scary things happen. And mm. right I now enjoy I have to hold scary things sometimes. Like Halloween Horror Nights at Orlando is fun once or twice a year. but Not real scary, though. Right. That's like, I know that it's make-believe scary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's make-believe scary. Would you have participated in the gossip mill at the bar? No, I'm like, I'm no. very much a listener. I like to um, eavesdrop. Mm-hmm. So I would be like a silent listener in the back. Absorbing, mm-hmm. but not contributing. And probably judging those rude people talking yeah. about them. I've noticed recently that I've been more and more gossipy and I've told myself I need to stop. Oh, way to better yourself. Yeah. I just noticed it and I was like, ooh, I don't like stop that. Stop doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hi, Faz. Do smell the chicken, Fozzie? You're not allowed to have any, sorry. Uh, do you have hamburgers upstairs that I'm come to tell you to come on up? God, you smell like that. You do. He smells like the burger. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think. Any other questions? On a scale of yeah. one to ten, how excited are you for this book? Like nine and three quarters. Damn, oh. you stole my joke! <laughs> Katie? I'll say the same because I'm excited to jump into this book I haven't been in in years. I would say four because it's the fourth book. Oh, right. <laughs> I am... 100 million out of 10 because this is where we can start to make our little nice tying up bows. Yep. This is where we get dark. I just have to say one something that people I are going to get mad wait. about. I don't think I'm going to like Hermione in this book. You She's did. already annoying me. <sighs> okay. I mean, also, I'm like kind of getting sad about Ron and I just want to give him a hug. I like Hermione in this book. I am not a fan of Ron in this book and it makes me sad. I can understand that. I think this is really when, I mean, they're 14. She's going to be 15 soon in the book. So you see them struggling with their adolescence. And I, there's a lot of things that when we get to the spew that can be said. And I think that's going to be a very deep discussion. Show a little empathy for these characters. Just saying. I like Hermione. I don't and not Ron. like Hermione. I love Ron. He just makes me sad in this book at times. Because he's a I, naughty. It, it reminds me of like our high school a little bit. How like he has that other group of friends that he goes to whenever he's mad at Harry. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you trying to say that's me? No. <laughs> because whenever I was fighting with like whoever my best friend was in high school, um, my other friend who I sort of talk to now, she'd be like, I like when you're fighting with them because that means you're going to hang out with me. And then I think she like instigated like fights, so oh, I would hang out with her more. Drama. That's nice. Yeah, so much. That's right. That's why I didn't hang out with girls. I mean, I, I went to an all girls school. I, had I know no that would kill me. I wasn't allowed to go. It sounds mm. like my parents are really strict. They weren't. The school I wanted to go to was just really far. Oh jeez. <laughs> and I was like, you don't even know where it's at. And I was like, yeah, I do. It's here. She's like, no, it's not. I was like, oh fine. All right. What other things can we talk about? I'm really excited about like I because I haven't read this book in a long time, so yep. excited about diving back in and learning. Yes. Learning is fun. Knowledge is power. Such a good connecting book. stuff like the stuff mm-hmm. that you connected mm-hmm. today. Um, that's what I'm really excited for because I'm Cause sure there's there's little golden nuggets. Yeah, gold golden eggs. Eggs. Uh, <laughs> eggs. eggs. Wink, wink, wink. There's golden eggs in this book. We'll but get less. out. No. <laughs> Gooses. Geeses. Because we started getting those little nuggets in the last one, and then now it's, I mean, it just keeps going. And yeah, going and going everything's going to start to build. I want to feast. I, I want, want a bean feast. feast. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the fan story. Fan story. Right. So, okay. So, this. wait, hold on. Before you do, if you guys have any theories about yes. Vivaldi, yes. or any theories yeah. pertaining to this chapter, because I feel like this... As much as it's the first chapter, there's a lot in it. Mm, yes. So yes. give Very us juicy your theories. Wah. Yeah. Not fan story. So this fan story, well, when it was sent to us a couple months ago, I want to say, it was specifically requested that we read it sometime during Goblet of Fire. But after reading it, I thought it would be the perfect one to kick off Goblet of Fire. Yeah. So Except it's not the Goblet of Fire. The Hot, the cup, hot of fire. cup of Fire. Right. So this one comes from Sierra, Bo- Sierra Bell. 
Um, so she says, just a few Pottermore details about myself. I'm a Slytherin. Woo, woo, woo. My Patronus is a white mare. That's oh. That was your first, wasn't it? No, it was a black stallion. How but you many Patronuses have you had? Lots. My Patronus is currently a fox because I said so. Oh my God. Please continue. And my wand is redwood with unicorn hair. Now that that's out of the way, on to my Potter story. I grew up reading Harry Potter like many of you. I came across what? Nothing. I came across the Sorcerer's Stone in fifth grade in my teacher's classroom library. I attempted to check this book out every week, but she forced me to share with my classmates. I was infatuated with the story, and I was afraid my parents wouldn't buy a book about witchcraft, so I stole the book at the end of the year and spent the summer reading it over and over. (laughs) Blame the Slytherin in me. Yes. I finally managed to convince my dad, who was an avid reader, to buy the next book in the series after he saw how in love I was with this book. Although I could never get him to read the series, he would ask me about each chapter, so it was as if he read them along with me. As each movie came out, my dad took me to the theaters to see each one and bought them when they were released on DVD. My absolute favorite Harry Potter book is The Goblet of Fire. I remember going to the library when they ordered 300 copies of the book and waiting in line with elementary kids. I was in middle school. I was sorted into, into Slytherin, and there was a magic show, and my mom stood off to the side telling the other parents, my child is, is the big one over there. <laughs> I finished Goblet of Fire in two days. It was the longest book I had ever read, and I could not put it down. I trudged into school on Monday, exhausted but giddy, with, excited, with excitement to talk and excited to talk to my classmates about the book. One of my favorite Potter memories was reading Half-Blood Prince. When Dumbledore died, I threw the book down and ran to my dad, climbed in his lap, and bawled like a baby. Instead of laughing at me, he held me and said, Harry will find a way. It will be okay. Oh, my God. I just got chills. I know. I want to cry a little bit, so I'm going to try not thinking about it. Fast forward to my senior year of high school, and Deathly Hallows was released the day after graduation. I begged my dad to let me go to a midnight release for the book, but he didn't want me to go alone. My dad unhooked from his dialysis machine and drove me to walmart at midnight to buy the book for me as a graduation present and i was hooked but before i left for college my dad took me shopping for my dorm room and surprised me by taking me to see the order of the phoenix it was the absolute best daddy daughter date ever in april of 2013 my dad was getting work done to get a kidney transplant however when he had his colonoscopy done the doctor did not close him up properly after removing some polyps and he had lost a vast amount of blood After being rushed to the hospital, he coded and fell into a coma. I sat in the hospital for the week next to his bed, rereading Goblet of Fire. I sat reading it to him while he was in a coma, partially to calm my nerves, but also I needed him to read one book, and I thought this was my last chance for me to share the Wizarding World with him. On April 24th, 2013, my best friend died. My dad was gone, and I was lost. Over the years, I reread the series multiple times, but I could never bring myself to read Goblet of Fire. I skipped from Prisoners to Order of the Phoenix. I couldn't bear opening my favorite book because it brought back such pain. I stumbled across this podcast on accident, and I must say that I am an absolute fan. I love the insight, your personalities, and now I am reading the series to my mini Swisher, and we listen to your podcast in our commute to and from school. I'm thrilled to be in this world of Swishers and hearing the impact that Harry Potter has had on so many people. By listening to your podcast, I picked up Goblet of Fire, and though I cried through most of it, I'm going to cry. No, you're doing good. (laughs) I just wanted to say thank you for empowering me to pick up my favorite Harry Potter book again. I forgot how amazing the story was and how awful the movie is, and I am really looking forward to hearing your insight on this book. Thank you, ladies, so much, and please keep up the great work. Holy mackerel. One, thank you for your story. Two, I won't. Um... (laughs) Yeah. We're incredibly sorry for your loss. Yes. But one thing that I'm really 
happy that you could do was even though it was a struggle for you to get through that book, maybe, maybe now when you read Goblet, you can just, um, I know we're all like crying over here. Think of all your good memories with your dad. I can't stop talking. (laughs) Somebody else talk. Ooh. Yeah, honestly, I mean, super brave of you to pick that back up and to go through it. And the fact that you did that after finding us is crazy. Yeah. Um, but that was inside you all along. I'm glad you found it. Um, yeah. And I think that was, you know, your dad threw you too. I hope these episodes can be happy ones for you. Like, yes. I hope us mm-hmm. doing this and the laughter and nuttiness that we bring, I hope that can um, bring some joy to this yeah. book. Again. Like, yeah. like, yes. like, have you have a new relationship with this book? Yeah. Like, have your old. Um, loving memories come back and also, you know, find some peace with it again. Yeah, yeah I agree. Boy, thank you for your story. Thank you yes. so thank much. You. Very powerful. And, uh, again, you're, you're so brave. Yes. You're so brave for being a Slytherin. <laughs> a you make it sound like Slytherins can't be brave. They can be. It's just not their number one quality. <laughs> quality. Also, I love that you stole the book. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. Literally, that's something I would have done. Shout out to Slytherins. Oh my gosh! All right, all right. Um, so, Swish and Flick podcast can be found on all the different social media channels. We are Swish and Flick podcast on Facebook, Swish Flick cast on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure you head on over to YouTube and subscribe, because not only are our podcasts posted there, but vlogs are as well, including Puff Pastry. Puff pastry. You make it sound like it's going to become a thing, and we don't know. <laughs> We're hoping. People are going to expect more videos. If you guys want it to be a thing, it'll be a thing. Well, it might just be Katie. Puff Pastries doesn't have to be two puffs. It just has to be a puff. Okay. So. And I am a puff. You can also join us on Patreon for exclusive access to the Felix Files, a chance to be a guest on the Felix Files, and join us on our monthly Zoom chats. So head on over to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast and choose your support level. Thank you so much to all of our current patrons. You make the podcast possible, so thank you. Um, lastly, check out our website, swishflickcast.com, to check out all the info on Swish and Flick compiled into one place along with all of our merchandise. All right. I also want to let you guys know if you have a Potter story, send it to us. Um, you know, any which way you could also do swishflickcast at gmail.com. That's probably the best way to get it to Katie because she's the one that keeps track of all of them. They are easily organized on our email. Yeah. So if you have sent us one like a super long time ago and you still haven't heard it and you didn't send it to us in the email, resend it to our email because it's just easier and to if compile you, them. If you could also say this is a resend so that if I do, because I do filter through those messages, it's just not as often as the email. Yeah. Um, so just tell me so that I know like to, to mark you down or something yeah, yeah. so that I don't read it twice. Also, it's easier that way too. Like, because if I see an email that says my Potter story, I won't even click on it. So Katie will see it. Yeah. I'm the Where, only one that like pretty much reads them before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all like to be surprised. Yeah. Yes. So just, that's probably the easiest way. Swishflickcast at gmail.com. Woohoo. Yes. All right. What's going on in your life, Tiffany, this week? I have a three-day weekend. Happy Veterans Day, veterans. This is a week old. <laughs> uh, we appreciate yes. you. Yes. We, we love, love you. you. <laughs> that's it. 
<laughs> um, so Katie and I have a bunch of fun projects going on. We still have Grown Up Kids, our Disney podcast. Um, it comes out every Sunday. However, December might be a little bit different. So look out for that. Stay tuned. Um, also, we have our trip vlogs going live on our YouTube channel, Main Street 9 and 3 quarters, along with special Harry Potter specific tidbits coming to the Swish and Flick YouTube page. So be on the lookout for that. Katie? Uh, if you want some cool stuff for your room. Go to Akio Designs <laughs> at Etsy. Uh, we design some cool stuff. And yeah. And my mom's scarves and blankets are on Etsy. Yes. We call it Molly's Corner. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are cute. I have nothing going on in my life as usual. Trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up and uh, traveling. So that's about it. I'll be in New York next week. Whoop, 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 whoop. So well, It's also crazy that it's, well, it's, it's so like soon. two weeks. Yeah. I feel like I'm very unprepared. Me too. I'm also really <laughs> sad that I have to work on Thanksgiving and I'm trying really hard not to think about it because it's mm. one of my favorite holidays. Technically, we're supposed to work on Friday. I'm hoping they don't make us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we'll figure that one out. Yep. Well, either way, you won't be there. Yep. <laughs> It'll be fine. Around right. the road again. Well, this was a great kickoff to um, a new book and I'm excited to talk about it and dissect it and share it with all of you yeah same same yeah <laughs> Sarah, that's pretty get simple. out <laughs> okay right. bye so that concludes this week's episode thank you so much for listening and don't let the muggles get you down <gasps> amazing just my voice <laughs> um, are you ready um, here we go guys I don't know what that is. Welcome to Godless. You mean hot couple fire? Welcome to hot What? Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop. Yeah, we didn't actually listen to ourselves. Oh, yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Listen. Everybody say something. Something. Hello and welcome to... Oh, there's no episode number. Sorry. 68? Yes, it's up at the top. Hello and welcome to episode 68. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of Swish and Flick. I'm not myself. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with me? Are we going to start over? Yes. Yes. I was laughing because like you're talking and you paused and then you could just hear Fozzie going. (laughs) (laughs)